Welcome back to the Point Guy Cast with your host Sean and Corey. I'm Corey. I'm Sean. What's up, man? How you been? Good, man. How you been doing? Been all right. Happy New Year to you. So happy been, New Year. Although it's been like what eight days. Yeah, it has been a couple days, but that's all right. It's our first episode of 2022. Um, I must say, Happy New Year to all, everybody that's listening to us. Hope everybody had a great holiday. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, thank you all for an amazing 2021. The growth we saw in 2021 was crazy. Um, oh, yeah. I would have never imagined for us to be so... We weren't, we weren't as consistent as we wanted to be, so I thought it would affect our growth, but it, it really didn't at all. But it didn't. We actually grew even more. Exactly, which is amazing, and it's something that we didn't expect, so I just want to say thank you to everybody who supported us, supported us and listened to us in 2021. Um, we will definitely be more consistent this year in 2022. That's one of the biggest goals of this year. Yep. Um, but the, this year, NBA season kind of started off with a, a, li- a little bit of a bang. Um, you got Kyrie Irving, who is officially back with the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, yeah. Um, which is interesting. So in October, what are the details of that? You know the details of that? Um, I know I know a little bit. So in October the twelfth, the Brooklyn Nets released a statement saying that Kyrie Irving would no longer be with the team due to Kyrie not following the vaccine mandates in New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, then December seventeenth, Brooklyn Nets released another statement announcing that Kyrie Irving would be rejoining the, t- the team due to an overwhelming amount of players entering COVID protocols and injuries. Um. Okay, so the reason they said that they were gonna let just let him play was because players are getting COVID. Yes, because it was one part of that COVID grievance that a lot of teams were facing. So you know, teams were signing free agents and G League players and things like that. Um, oh, that's so they were just like just put Kyrie on the team. Just like, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> so he's like a ten day contract, basically, is what you're saying. Kind of, but I mean, he's already had a contract with them. Like he was already still on. The I mean, team I know, I understand he was already on the team, but like this. Them bringing Kyrie back because of all the players having COVID is equivalent to the Lakers going against Stanley Johnson for a 10 day contract. <laughs> I mean, yeah, kind of. But you know, it was interesting. The GM had a quote, and I can't quote him verbatim, but he had a quote that was pretty much admitting that, like, them bringing Kyrie back was for them to win a championship. That's pretty much what he admitted, um, in more or less words. Yeah. So, um, I, I knew that, but we all knew that they were going to eventually come around to it. Right, exactly. That's what I said. I, I was saying, like, if he, I already knew he was going to eventually come back. Um, it was just a matter of time. It's really like COVID kind of gave him an excuse to bring him back. Really. Yeah, exactly. That's really we all knew what was going to happen. They, um, it's Kyrie Irving. How do you not, you know, have Kyrie Irving a part of your team if he's under contract, if he can play? Right. That's the biggest thing. Um, so we all knew he was going to come back eventually. So Kyrie, but I Irving, think, but I think the ahead. whole not being able to play at home thing is going to hurt. Yeah. Okay. But like, but not as much as it would have hurt them if he couldn't play on the road. If that makes sense, because if at home you have your fans, you have the atmosphere that you want. You, you even like you're you're at home, but like in the playoffs, when the playoffs come, and you don't have Kyrie, you only have him for away games. How's that going to affect? What the team is trying to do in the playoffs? Oh, that's a good point. You know, we'll probably we'll come back to that during playoff time because that'll definitely be something that a lot of people will bring up. Um, so he made his official debut for the season, January fifth, um, versus the Pacers. Um, the Nets won. Kyrie had twenty-two, three, and four, shot fifty-three percent from the field, and was plus sixteen. Um, 
pretty good debut. Good numbers for his first game. Right, exactly. Pretty good debut. Now, I feel like I think the last couple games he hadn't been able to play because they've been home games for the next. So he made his debut on the fifth, and then I think he has to miss the next two or three games because they're home games, and then he'll be back with them. So with this inconsistency and this up and down that the Nets will have to deal with for the rest of the season, how do you feel it'll affect the Nets' team chemistry leading up to the playoffs? I think everybody is. I think that I would personally be kind of looking at them sideways. Because, like, okay. if we're doing whatever it takes to win a championship and you're compromising that because of quote-unquote research or whatever the reason, whatever the reason Kyrie said he doesn't want to get the vaccine is, like, sci- like real scientists what? are proving, like, get the vaccine, bro. What research do you have that these people don't have that you're like, I'm not going to get it? I mean, like, I understand people having their own stance, but like as a team, if you have, if you're a part of a team trying to get a common goal, you're compromising that because of something you don't want to do. I mean, I guess moral. I guess you have your morals and what. What I don't know. It's a it's a tough situation because on Kyrie Irving's standpoint, like they should understand where he's coming from if they're his teammates, right? But then on the other guy's standpoint, it's like right. Bro, come on! What are you doing? Like we we trying to win a championship and you're compromising that, or you're potentially compromising it. So I don't know. Maybe maybe they look at them sideways. Maybe not. Maybe they 100 have right. Kyrie's back, like they would say in public. Okay, pretty pretty valid points. Um, I, I feel like it's just gonna. I don't know. I feel like it's going to be tough. Like, well, first and foremost, like, they played together last year. What do you think about that? Right. What do you think about the um, him? Oh, no, mind. you probably don't have to get into that anyway. Go ahead. My fault. No, no, you're good. Um, well, first and foremost, they played together last year, so I feel like their chemistry shouldn't be too affected. But they do have some new players on this roster this year compared to last year who haven't played with they Kyrie. Play so some of them, since he's been out, some of them have kind of had to make up for his absence this year. So uh, the thing I think will be affected most is some of the role players come playoff time um, who have kind of been used to playing without him, mm-hmm. who have been used to just playing alongside KD and James Harden instead of Kyrie. See what I'm saying? Last year last year was such a blur, bro. I did not even remember that they played together last year. Yeah, I mean, they barely did because KD sat I'm out thinking, a lot. James I'm Harden was out. Like, I'm thinking last year was Kaylee, KD's Achilles injury, but it's not. That was the 2020 season. <laughs> That was the bubble season. Yeah. Which in a weird way was not last year, but it felt like it was last year. It was two years ago now, but it it, it felt like it was last year. The last two seasons were kind of almost seemed like they were the same season. They were like, it was like meshed together, right? Yeah. It, it was a weird, it was it was weird. COVID it was made weird, it weird. Yeah. So I it's understand like, why you would feel that way, for sure. It messed up the tiny and the Lakers. They, they did what they did. Everybody wasn't right. People weren't healthy this season, last season, like they should have been. Not should have been because it's basketball injuries happen, but like, like we would like, we would have liked them to be right. And it was just like, it was just like a blur. But go ahead. It was okay. So with the way the Nets have been playing, I think currently at the time of this recording, they're about twenty-four and twelve. 
do you feel as though the Nets need Kyrie or do you feel like they've been doing good enough without Kyrie? I think they can win the championship without Kyrie, but Kyrie doesn't hurt. Right. Kyrie only helps. Okay, I agree with that. Only thing I will say about the Nets this year that's been weird. Well, first of all, the 24 and 12, that's great. Yeah. Um, the only thing is they struggle versus top tier teams. Like they've struggled versus teams like the Warriors teams like the Suns. They struggle versus the top teams, but they won the games that they needed to win. They beat that's all the under 500 team. teams. when they. So that's the reason why they're 24 and 12. So with them being so, them pretty much doing really good this season, doing great, even without having Kyrie there, there are some fans who feel as though they don't need Kyrie. Like if, if things get worse, worse come to worse, they can't have Kyrie again. There are fans who are saying like, we don't need him that bad. We've been doing pretty well without him. It's like fans say a lot of things. <laughs> like you think about what fans say about Anthony Davis, right? You think about what fans say about LeBron James or whoever. That fan, uh, yeah, this is a fan say shit. Well, fans say right. So okay, like, I agree. I, I just, I just think some fans are trying to like, like they see some Nets fans. Yeah, maybe they see that their team is still in the top two without Kyrie and then you, you still have James Harden and Kevin Durant so like what is James Harden can easily play point guard he can slide into that point guard role right. and Kevin Durant is going to be Kevin Durant so Kevin Durant can't be Kevin Durant anymore so it's it's, a, right. it's one of those things that we had two other stars so we're not really worried about Kyrie and then they're probably angry with Kyrie which makes which makes a lot of sense to me. Some of them, yes, I agree. Yeah, I think what some of the Nets fans are just trying to say is that they're not panicked if they were to have to finish the season without Kyrie because so far in this season they've done well enough. Yes, they haven't beat some of the top two teams in the league, but that's okay. When you win the games you're supposed to win and you have a twenty four and twelve record, you're still doing pretty good. You may not care about beating a team like the Warriors now. But if you got to see them again towards the end of the season or you had to see them in the playoffs, you don't mind beating them then. You don't mind losing to the season series in the regular season if you can beat them in the postseason. So that's what I feel like some of the Nets fans are saying when they say, do we really need Kyrie? So yeah. I don't think they mean it in a bad way, per se. I think they're more so bragging on how well the team has played so far this season. The fact that Kyrie can't play in in home games is a complete distraction. They're not the Nets fans aren't going to see him play anyway because you know if you think about it, he when they come to town when, they, when the Brooklyn Nets are in at home, he's not playing. So like they're, right. they're just like forget Kyrie some of them maybe. That too, it could be. It could be. I, I, some some fans are saying are, are saying they don't need Kyrie out of love. Some fans are saying it because of what you just said. Um, I think it just depends on how they look at Kyrie. But I got it as we're doing decent this season or we're playing pretty well this season. So if we didn't have him, we would be fine. You're a Pacer fan, right? How If Kyrie was a Pacer or a Pacer, Malcolm Brogdon was doing this, right? How would you feel? Right. Um, well, with the way the Pacer season is going right now, I'd be a little. So if, no, 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 no. <laughs> okay, what if they were the contenders? What if they were? If they were contenders, I would say you want to have somebody of that caliber because it can't hurt at all. 
but with us being as good as we are thus, thus far without him, uh, I wouldn't trip about it too much. So if your team is good, he gets a pass? I mean, k- kind of. It's kind of selfish. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it is, but at least the team but it's, is still it's, playing It's fans, well. though. It's fans, though. That's my point. Fans are selfish. True. That No, that is true. I agree. As fans, we are very selfish. So you, you brought up. I like that point you brought up. That's that's a good point. Um, but since we're talking about contenders in the East, um, let's talk about a player from the number one team in the East currently, which is the, the Chicago, Chicago Bulls. Bulls. Um, yeah. Demar Derozan has been playing out of his mind this season. I really love the way this team plays, man. I think I said it on the last one on Big Alice Caruso fan. We know we're talking about Demar Derozan, but I'm just gonna give the props to the entire team, right? Because that team is playing outstanding. Oh, for sure. And it's they're very fun to watch. I'm a fan of a lot of players on that team. And that includes DeMar DeRozan now. I wasn't a big fan of DeMar right. DeRozan uh, before this season. No, I wasn't. It wasn't like, oh, oh really? got to go watch DeMar DeRozan play. DeMar DeRozan is one of the guys I want to watch play now. <laughs> the man's hit right. two game winners in a row. And back-to-back nights. Yeah, back-to-back. The spirit of Kobe right. Bryant is living through this, man. I agree with you. But yeah, the Bulls are very fun to watch. I really enjoy watching them. I hope that they continue to go on an upward trajectory. I hope that they right. continue to uh, get a number one seed. Well, not a top three seed at least to contend in the playoffs. Possibly get into the... They could be the Phoenix Suns of this season. Okay. I can see that. I could definitely see that. I like that you brought that up. Um, I, I am too. Um, well, I'll say I've been a Demar Derozan fan. I loved watching him and Kyle Lowry um, in Toronto. They were a lot of fun. They were a lot of fun. <laughs> Until to they ran into LeBron, right? That was really their only issue. But that was a lot of teams' issues. Really, that was the Pacers' issue back in the day. Just kept running into LeBron and he like that was a lot of teams' issues. So I give them a pass for that. But and now it's too late. <laughs> right, oh my God, I don't even want to talk about that. But um, I like watching Demar Derozan play. I just don't think he enjoyed his time in San Antonio, and I think that's when a lot of people decided to write him off was his time in San Antonio. Oh, who would? And he just wasn't. I just he didn't like the system. I don't think the system system really catered to him. I think it catered to other players around him. Um, he just didn't like San Antonio, so he didn't play. You got to think about what San Antonio is versus what Demar Derozan is. Demar Derozan is. Or was at least because he's really he's really learned how to move the ball around and play team basketball now. If he would have did that with the Spurs, maybe they had a little bit right. more success. But Demar Derozan is like a one on one type of player, isolation type player, mid range shooter. He he will fit well in like right. the two thousands era, the way he plays. He's like a smaller Agreed. Tracy McGrady in that. In that sense, he's not as skilled as Tracy McGrady, I don't think. But he's a, I feel like he's like the way he plays, he's like okay. a smaller version of Tracy. You know, I can see that comparison. Uh, that's not a bad one. Um, so DeMar DeRozan hit back to back game winners, like you said, first player in NBA history to hit back to back game winners. So his first one was right, which is crazy. So his <laughs> first one was uh December 31st. Um, versus the Pacers, that one-legged game winner from deep was crazy. Um, the, his second game winner was the following day, 
on January the first versus the Washington Wizards. Bradley um, Beal's reaction was so hilarious. But did you see the defense? Have you seen the pictures of that? Did you see Bradley Beal's hand? I did. Bradley Beal's hand that's, was. That's why he reacted like he did. Bro, you can't play better defense than what Bradley Beal played without fouling him. That's the best defense you could play. Yeah. His hand was like, I don't even know how DeMar DeRozan was even able to see the rim. Like, Bradley Beal was there. That's it. That was a crazy shot he hit. Such a crazy shot. Um, but yeah, DeMar DeRozan is the first player in NBA history to hit game winners on back to back nights. Now, I know for sure that there is a few players who almost did it, but the fact that he did it is is crazy. He ended the year with a bang and <laughs> brought in the new year with a bang for the Bulls. Brought in the new year with a bang, yep. Um, so DeMar DeRozan, should be, go ahead. he should be like number at least top three in MVP, in my opinion. If he continues to play like this, I think he can win it. If the if the if the Bulls continue to win, right. and Demar Derozan continues to play like he can play, being their MVP personally, and they get the number one seed, I think he can win the award. But he'll have to fight off people like okay. Steph Curry, who's also a number one. I agree with that. And LeBron James, who's trying to will the Lakers back, who's starting to figure stuff out. By the way. I, when DeAndre Jordan sat right. down, things happened, like I said, but we're gonna <laughs> <laughs> right. we're talking about what we talk we talk about the Rock Road. Um, right. I so speaking top, of you speak, you think it should be top three, right? Yeah. So speaking of MVP, um You must have like the ranking or something. You always I, you always you always on your I, on your stuff, man. Uh, yeah, I do got it. So Speaking of MVP, they do they did release the MVP rankings um for last week going into this week. Um so they have DeMar DeRozan currently at sixth. What? Okay. Who's the five in front of him? So you got Giannis number one. Oh, okay. You got Kevin Durant number two. Okay, makes sense. You got Jokic number three. Uh they're like why okay. But here's the thing. Go ahead. The the Nets, I mean the not the Nets, the Nuggets are what? What eighteen and eighteen? Something around those lines? Yeah, they're somewhere around there, yeah. LeBron James, he has they're what, they're twenty one and nineteen or whatever. They have he he's averaging thirty points. But he doesn't qualify to be top three, but Jokic does. What's Jokic what's Jokic's numbers look like? Do you have Jokic's summer? Um, Jokic is 25.7, 14.4, and 7.0. Oh, okay, okay, okay. He's having 25, 14, and 7. Um, but I, this is what I think. This is why I think they put Jokic over LeBron is Jokic has been here the whole season. LeBron yeah, was kind of spotty. He had, like, two injuries yeah. early, uh, and, and then he had that suspension. So I think that's kind of what – um kind of affected LeBron's MVP rankings. Like, he just got ranked this past week. He was unranked for a while. He just got ranked this past week. Um, they've got LeBron at seven. But that's the reason why I think Jokic is The list third. that you have has LeBron at seven? Yes. So, okay. So, what I'm saying is, why is there four people ahead of LeBron if Jokic is at three when they have... His, they both have, like, LeBron's 37 years old, and he's averaging 30 points. Or what thirty seven and six or whatever he's averaging on his best he's like on his best three point shooter percentage and I don't know how many attempts like seven attempts 
and he shoot and he shoot with over fifty percent from the field. I'm, I see that Jokic's numbers are like almost triple double, but like you can't you can't have Jokic at three, but then LeBron at set. You know what? Oh, who's number four? <laughs> I see what you mean. I, I like that. Number four is kind of a shocker to, to me personally, but it's Joel Embiid. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of shocking to me. Um, Joel Embiid has missed a decent part of the season. Um, right. Okay, so he's number four, LeBron seven, LeBron number five. <laughs> number five is Steph Curry. Of course, he's dropped down a little bit. Um, his team has still been games. winning, but him personally, his numbers have kind of dropped a bit. I mean, at one point, he was averaging like 30. Now he's at like 26. He's averaging 26, 5, and 6. Still doing great. Um, he just dropped a bit because he's been a little... A, a lot less efficient compared to earlier in and the season. And that team's still winning. And Clay's about to come back. And it's like, what happened in that time? Nothing changed between the time that before Kevin Durant got there and after he left. It's like I mean, they did kind of have two mediocre seasons in that time. Yeah, um, so but Steph was hurt and missed mediocre. all of one. And then Jordan Poole and all those other guys Gary paid like they weren't developed like they are. Right, they're developed. They're developing players. Have their core players that are, that already know how to win, and now they're back to where they were before, and that's amazing. Right, I'm just like, wow. Uh, See, that's the reason why I'm, I feel like part of them winning is going to keep Steph around that top five range. Like, even if his numbers continue to drop, like even if he only averages like 24 a game. Right, as long as they continue to win, he'll still be top five in the MVP voting. And it's, it's, yeah. That's just my opinion. As long as they continue to win, he'll still be top five in it. Um, so yeah, Steph is fifth, and then sixth is DeMar DeRozan, averaging 26, 5, and 4. Um, then seventh is LeBron James, averaging uh, 29, 7, and 6. Then you got yeah. Chris Paul at number eight, averaging 14, 4, and 10. The number nine might be a shocker to some people, not to me, because he's been in it uh, the, like the last three years he's made it into the top ten. Um, Rudy Gobert averaging 15, 15, and one. And then number ten is John Moran averaging 24, five, and six. John Moran's having a great season as well. The Grizzlies. John Moran, I feel like John Moran deserves to be higher on this list. The Grizzlies are like fourth in the list, right? Like fourth or fifth. Like right, they're 28 and 14 and right 14. now. On a nine, yeah, on a nine-game win streak. And, and they have John Moran at 10. Yeah. Um, John Moran has missed some games too, though. Like, I think what, they, what they've awarded to the top three players so far is how much they've been available. But you can't do that. A lot of it's been COVID. True. That is true, but I don't think they're taking that into consideration. I just think they're rewarding the top three guys. Um, how long? They, how much they been? Don't matter. Where did <laughs> it come from? That, that's a good question. Oh, you know. What are you talking about? These rankings? Yeah, the ranking. Oh, this is NBA.com. Oh, okay. Yeah, these is NBA. This is NBA.com's ranking. How would you, I thought you meant? How would you think I meant? I thought you meant like where did like the way that they are ranking these players come from? Like what? Like how, what did they base these rankings off of? And we don't know. I was just saying. I feel like that, yeah, availability too. is part of why they have these rankings the way that they have. Them. 
That's just what I was saying. But go ahead. What was your question? What would your top five be? Because My you, go ahead. Because you know Chris Paul, where you had Chris Paul eight. This, yeah, he's at eight. second year in a row that he him is steady a true point guard and have that Suns team in the top two in the Western Conference has given him in the top ten an MVP vote. Right, and in the power rankings, they're they're number one currently, actually. So, yeah. um, but they're but the Grizzlies are on a nine game. Is that is that they have a winning streak, but longer than the Grizzlies? Um, uh, that's a good question. I'm not sure if they did or not. Um, I think the Grizzlies have the longest win streak currently. But what are the Grizzlies in the power rankings? Uh, the Grizzlies in the power rankings are seven. Oh my god! Like, what is but they're the fourth seed in the West currently. What are they basing it off of? Because if are we doing it week to week? Are we building it off the last week? What is going on? Like, if we're doing, I feel like it is. A, I feel like it's a week to week thing. So why is so? If it's week to week, the Grizzlies should be number one if they're on the longest winning streak in the league. If that makes sense, possibly. But I think what they're looking at is also you build off what you had last week. Kind of, because I don't think the Grizzlies were were like top ten last week in power rankings, right. and so since so, now they're so top ten in the power rankings, and John Morant is now top ten in MVP both MVP talk. That I think that they're slowly both of them are starting to move up as they continue to win. The Grizzlies will move up in the power rankings, and John Morant will move up in the MVP rankings. I just think that. You should just scrap last week and talk about this week. Not build off what you had last week. True. So basically, I'm saying like if the Bulls are number one this week and they go zero and three, right? The next week, right? I wouldn't blink twice if they were like number ten in the power rankings because last week, last week ain't got nothing to do with what you did this week. Well, this is this week's power rankings. That's a good but point. Yeah, I, mean, I see what you're trying. I see what I you're see saying. What I'm trying to say, but maybe that don't make sense because think about it. If they go zero and three this week, if they went four and zero last week, you can't really do that. Because think about but I also think they take into account like who you beat in that week, yeah. that that period. You know. Yeah. yeah. Um. Feel you. So I think that also is what adds to it. Um. But I do want to ask you, how do you feel about Giannis being number one? And he's averaging 27, 11, and 5. Um, I think he deserved to for sure be in it because it seemed like before this past week, um, he didn't get a whole lot of recognition in the MVP race. Right. Um, but I think part of that was the Bucks kind of starting the year slow. Mm-hmm. Um he was doing great, but they weren't really winning. I mean, they're clearly winning now. They're, they're like 25 and 15. They're, they're winning now. They beat some of the top teams right. now. But I think it just the start of the season, they started out real slow. Um, He didn't start out slow, though. He's, he's honest. He's been doing the same thing he's been doing the last couple of years. But I think they're starting to give him his, his recognition now. Um, yeah. they see All that. I want to say. Go ahead. All I want to say about Giannis is, like, enjoy it. Because at some point, they're going to get tired of you. And they're going to stop voting for you. Because of stuff. That is true. 
and you're gonna be playing the same way for like the next eight years, and they're gonna be tired of it, and you're not gonna win no awards. <laughs> yeah, we've seen it happen to a few players in history. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I One in particular that I'm thinking about that you know exactly who I'm talking about, but it is what it is. You know, <laughs> right? Um, but I'm gonna be honest with you, the way that the MVP has been set up the last couple of years is it seems like the MVP is really based off narratives. Yep. And I just feel like this is one of the first seasons that Giannis doesn't really have a narrative. So even though he's leading for right now, I don't think... He'll win it. And yeah, come time when the season is all said and done, he will win it. Yeah, I don't think he'll win it either. Um, I really think that they're going to push for somebody else to win it. I really hope it's somebody new. Like the DeMar DeRozan, somebody that deserves it, but also right. that's been around a while that we recognize that we can see get his due. Like, it would have been nice to see Chris Paul win an MVP at some point. Or, no, no, or Dwayne. Like, Dwayne. Right. I'm not going to use Chris Paul because sometimes I don't like Chris Paul. But that was always the D-Wade fan. It would have been nice to see D-Wade like, win an MVP. Right. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I'll put it to you like this. If... Because right now, DeMar DeRozan is doing great, and his team is the one seed in the East. Um, Chris Paul is doing great, averaging a double-double with points and assists, and his team is the number one in the East. If these two continue to be the number one in the East, in the West? through, I mean, I'm sorry, if East the Bulls continue to be number yeah. one in the East, and then the Suns continue to be number one in the West, through the All-Star break, I think you'll have those two being one and two in the MVP race. I don't know if Chris Paul's gonna find that high. I don't know if his his assist number and his impact is gonna make him number top three in the MVP race because it's not sexy. Because his, number, <laughs> his numbers, <laughs> think about it. When's the last time somebody won MVP and get fifteen points? Steve Nash, and he did it twice in a row. And right. I still have a little bit of apprehension about that to this day. But you know. It is what it is, but I don't think that in 2022, a guy that averages 15 points is going to win MVP. When you have multiple guys after like 30. True, I can see that, but the only reason why I say it is because again, MVP, MVP now NBA MVP is fueled by by uh, narratives. So the narrative with Chris Paul is going to be he's in year 19. Also, no, he's not averaging 20 plus, but he's averaging. Uh, between 10 and 11 assists a game. And he's got his team the number one overall seat in the league for a second year in a row. And you got that without Devin Booker? <sighs> okay. True. But then that's when people go back to where were the Suns before Chris Paul? Hey, you're right. But where was Chris Paul before the Suns? With OKC, remember he was with OKC yeah. and he was low key sent there to retire, and he made them a playoff team, and they were about one second away from beating the Rockets. You're right, Chris Paul makes everything better. Like this. You're right, you're right. So that's what that's what, that, but that's what I mean, like narratives. Like that will be the narrative if yeah, if he continues to win. That's what I was trying to prove. Like it's fueled by narratives. If he continues to win, and they continue to be the number one overall seed in the NBA, that'll be a narrative that people will push. That's sure. And so they'll have him up there in top three, possibly even top two. 
especially if he can hold this number one seed, not only the number one seed in, in the West, but the number one overall seed for a while. Remember, they did it last year, and we were questioning it, like, are they really the best team in the league? And then, I mean, they made it to the finals. So, yeah, I'm just saying, if he could do that again for a second year in a row. They kind of made it to the finals, but I'm just playing. They made it to the finals. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they still made it there. I know that there were some factors at play, but listen, they still took care of business when they were supposed to. They still made it there. So, um, if he's able to continue to win, I'm telling you, it's, it's a narrative that's going to be pushed. That's the only reason why I was saying it. Because in the power rankings, your top three teams are all teams in the West. It's the Suns, the Warriors, and the Jazz. And out of the Jazz players, Rudy Gobert was the one that they gave the nine to because of the 15 rebounds. Listen, let me tell you, I'm be honest with you. I think a lot of people, myself included, have been sleeping on Rudy Gobert's impact on the Jazz. Only reason why I say that is because I watched the Jazz play the Pacers like a couple nights ago without him. And the Pacers won. And I was like, wow, Rudy Gobert does a lot more for this team than I thought. You, I still have my stance. Of, remember my stance I had about the you can't win a championship with a guy like that being a better player? Right. I still think that's true, though. Uh, listen, I'm not saying the Jazz is going to win the championship. Listen, again, they have the third best overall record in the league. They've been top three in the league they for like the last three, four, four years. Like, this is nothing new. I'm not saying they're going to win the championship. I'm just saying I understand now why he's always top ten, top ten in MVP voting. MP, MVP voting to start like every year. It seemed like he's made it in the last three seasons, and I couldn't fully understand it until I saw how the Jazz played without him. And then I was like, mm, okay, I think I understand it now. That's all I'm saying. Sure. Right. Um, now, that is a person who I don't feel will move up any further, even if the Jazz were to be, like, the number one overall seed or be the number one seed in the West. I don't see him moving up any further. Um, but I do think he'll probably stay in top 10, the top 10 MVP voting as long as the Jazz continue to win, which they're going to. I mean, they do every year. Do they not? Yeah, they do. They so, absolutely do. Uh, it's just hey, the regular only- season. Right. The only time we really question the Jazz is, you know, in the playoffs. Regular season, they're always the top three team. Yeah. But for some reason, things change in the playoffs. Um, It's styles. It's it's matchups and it's styles. But they don't match up well with any team that has a stretch big. True. I I have to agree with you on that. Um, So out of these 10 players in this MVP race so far, who is the most shocking to you? Uh, probably Rudy Gobert, honestly. Okay. But you, you say Joel Embiid being number three with the limited. Let me look at Joel Embiid. He's number four. He's number four. He's averaging twenty six, ten, and four. Okay, okay, okay. But how many games um, he's he played? Four. Because you know Joel. Now, that's a good question. I am not sure, but he definitely missed a chunk because he had COVID and uh. He talked about how much it impacted him. So, and that's an, and that's another story that they can run with. Um, yeah, see, MVP. that's what I mean. Narratives really create MVP cases. But him being number four is a shock to me. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve to be in it because I think he does for sure. But top four to me was very shocking. I, to me, nobody's really shocking on this list. Like the names aren't shocking. It's just the order 
that the names are. Oh, yeah, so, that's what. Yeah, that's what it is. It's the order. Code I definitely think DeMar DeRozan deserves that three or four spot over Jokic or Joel Embiid. That's just my opinion, though. Um, yeah, that's just me. He's averaging uh, more point. Well, he's averaging the same as Joel Embiid, but he's got the number one seed in the East. Right. He's got a better better record than uh, Jokic and uh, Embiid. So that's just my opinion. Though. That to me is what's most shocking. Not necessarily the names, but the order in which they have the names. For sure, for sure. Um, but I definitely think that that's going to change up when they release the new rankings, either this week or next week. Um, Demar Derozan is moving up for sure. Um, I think they'll—I don't know—they'll probably move LeBron James up too. I do think he deserves to be a little higher. Um, I do think Steph will stay somewhere in this top five range because they're going to continue to win. Unless they have some type of weird drop-off, um, he'll stay top five in it. But I do think Chris Paul will move up, man. They continue to win, he's moving up. Right. They continue I to win, don't Chris Paul I necessarily think up. he's going to move up that far, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. I think if they can hold on, again, it's only if they hold on and maintain not only the number one seed in the West, but the number one overall seed in the NBA. But that's kind of hard because the Warriors are right there on the hills. I think they're like a half game back or something like that. Like, them and the Warriors pretty much have the same record. Yeah. Like, it alternates like every other game. So, it'll be tough for them to maintain the number one overall seed, number one in the West. But if they continue to do it for like consecutive weeks, he's going to move up. Yeah, John needs to move up. DeMar DeRozan needs to move up. I'm not necessarily saying LeBron James needs to move up, but if Jokic is at number three, LeBron James needs to move up. Either LeBron needs to move up or Jokic needs to move down. In my mm. opinion. But other than that, the list don't really matter. It's right. It's before the All-Star break. We'll see how it shakes out. Have fun. Is there anything you want to talk yeah, about? See, I'll, that's... Um, no, that was it. I'm interested to see what this list looks like after the all-star break, though. Yeah, 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 for sure. For sure. That's what I want to see. Um, I do think there'll be some changes made. I don't know if there'll be anybody who will necessarily jump in here out of these 10 players. You never gave me you never gave me a top five, did you? How you oh, who my top five are for MVP? Because I started right. to ask you. I, I did actually, but then I kind of went down another rabbit hole because I'm a Sagittarius and we do that. <laughs> but <laughs> that's all right. Okay, I'll give you. Okay. I'll give you my top five. Okay, my top five would be Giannis. Okay. KD. Okay. Jokic. Okay. Demar Derozan. LeBron. Okay. My top five would be. Giannis, KD, Steph Curry, okay. DeMar DeRozan, okay. LeBron. And six would be okay. LeBron. No, no, no. We'll put Jokic ahead of LeBron because they have a better record. They're higher on the, um, in the power rankings. He's almost averaging triple double. So we'll put Jokic at five, LeBron at six. But I don't right. think they should be so four people between each other. Okay, I like that. You know what? I'll trade out Steph for LeBron. I'll put and LeBron I'll put, at six, Steph at fifth. I'm going to put John at seven. John Murray. 
Yeah, he's for sure moving up. The Grizzlies are still winning. They're looking but great. I feel like, they're, I feel like I'm they're missing they might end up being like the third seed in the West if people aren't careful. Yeah. Um. If again, if they move up into like one of the top three teams in the West, he for sure moving up. I so, would like to see the Grizzlies in a real playoff series with home court advantage. That'd be so fun to watch. Like, cause, because I think they can still right. if they if the Grizzlies are the fourth seed, I think they can steal the series. Oh, they for sure. But can. not even steal the biggest takeaway. Not even steal the series. I think they can win. A series if they have home court advantage in the first round. I agree with you. My biggest thing about the the Grizzlies has been like they've been doing this, they've been winning these games without some of their best players. Like they haven't had Ja every game for this win streak. They haven't had Dylan Brooks every game for this win streak. Um, they haven't even had like Stephen Adams every game for this win streak. So they've been able to win these games with or without some of their their key uh, players. Right. And so, when they have all of their key players and they're fully healthy, it's they're going to be a tough team to beat. Yeah, and so I'm a, right here along for the ride because I'm a big, I'm a huge John fan. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a huge John Murray fan, man. He's a dog. He doesn't care. He'll try to dunk on anybody. I'll be like, what's this guy on? Like, what is he doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, John Moran is for sure special, man. I, I, I think I don't think there's an like, NBA fan that doesn't like watching him play. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if they, like, drug test him sometimes because, like, he'd be on, like, because that man, he don't He's just fearless, man. That's the thing. John Moran's just fearless. He's not scared of anybody. Like, like he'll try to, like, he'll jump from the free throw line and try to dunk on a big man. He'll try to dunk on Anthony Davis from the free throw line. And I'm just like, what are you going? John Moran's my guy. So I want, I, I would like to see them have a real playoff, a playoff series. Not a play-in, not like a play-in situation right. where they have to play in to play somebody a higher seed that's probably going to beat them. But you can't even say they're one of those teams now, right now in this in the Western Conference, which is crazy to think about because it's been a long time since the Grizzlies been with one of those contending type teams in the West. But they're one of those teams now, and I'm happy for them because John Morant, like I said, John Morant's right. a favorite player. All right. Um, I think John will for sure move up. I think when we re, uh, when we revisit this list in about a month, maybe more, I think he will be higher on that list because I, I just think the Grizzlies will continue to win. Right. So keep that in mind about Ja. Keep first of all, if you aren't watching John Moran and the Grizzlies, you're missing out. Yeah, like go go yeah go watch them. Oh, They're one them. of the most fun teams to watch in the NBA right now. Maybe it's we can crazy. do that on the next episode. We can do our top five most fun team to watch. Like, well, who okay, watch? we can do that. So, yeah, look out for that. This has been another episode of the Point Guy Cast. We'll see y'all next time.